At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. There is no sugar in our cornbread. Those are what we call corn cakes. A lot of the rest of the country associates cornbread with being sweet, and uh, it is not. Hey, guys, this is Pat Martin with Martin's Barbecue Joint and Q-Baby's Barbecue and Burger Shop down in Nashville. Real happy to be here today on Food 52. Today, we're going to uh, talk about my book, Life of Fire. been working on this thing for almost five years, but really uh, the majority of it was taken down in the past three. And it's a, it's a real study on pit barbecue, the old style of barbecue. So there's no smokers in it. It's open pit style barbecue, which is, I guess, technically the oldest style of barbecue that we have really here on the earth. And closed pit barbecue specific to whole hog barbecue. Now, most of the whole hog barbecue that you ever heard of probably has been in Eastern North Carolina. And that is what we call West Tennessee style whole hog barbecue. Most people really have never heard of it or don't know anything about it. So it's a little different that style than it is in the Carolinas, our style. We cook larger hogs, 185 to 200 pounds, where in the Carolinas, they're usually about 150, sometimes a little bit smaller. We pull, they chop. We have a similar style in sauce. We always believe in a vinegar-based sauce with uh, barbecue because you've got a lot of fat, obviously, in barbecue and also a lot of collagen. The vinegar, think of it like a, almost like a vinaigrette where you have a fat and an acid. The acid here is obviously the vinegar and the fat is obviously the uh, intermuscular fat that's in, in this case, the pork. We um, always serve our sandwiches with slaw on top. That's just the way God meant it to be. And we cook over hickory coals, whereas over in the coastal areas, they cook with uh, oak. You know, it's not one really better than the other. I prefer hickory because that's what we use. That's what I'm accustomed to tasting. Usually fine hickory in the Mid-South and all through, you know, outside of the coastal areas. So once you start getting into a little bit of hill country in the South, you'll find hickory uh, predominantly grown. But that's about it. That's the main differences. Also in this book, we have, uh, I've talked about spit barbecue with whole animals and primal cuts and cook a whole hog in the ground. Uh, so it's really the old arduous ways of pit barbecue and how to learn it, how to apply it. I do believe that once you learn that skill set of pit barbecue, that you can apply that skill to cooking barbecue in anything, any contraption, because at the end of the day, barbecue is a method of cooking and it is a, um, it's a management of heat and airflow. So on the shoulders of this book, on the front end, we do touch on a little bit of grilling, you know, because we've got hot, young, immature coals and don't like those to go to waste. That's usually the kind of the uh, pit crew meal. So I go through that, a lot of the dishes that my grandmothers and my aunts and my mom made for us growing up, which was all you know, usually fried, you know, okra and squash, uh, all the Southern staples that go on a table, but in this case, uh, I cook them in grill baskets and sometimes in the coals. And on the back end of the book is the traditional southern smokehouse, country hams and sock sausage and 
bacon, whole slabs of bellies. The American South over the past decade, maybe two decades, really started to finally get the notoriety it deserves on its country hams that do stand, in my opinion, shoulder to shoulder with any ham you'll find in Parma or in Spain. And they are, they are a little bit different, nuanced, I would say, but generally speaking, in terms of the quality and what you have on your palate, they're as good as any ham you'll find anywhere in Europe. So what we're going to do today out of my book is something simple because I know that a lot of you don't have some space to build some big pit in your backyard or a spit or, uh, you know, even to grill off in the backyard. So I'm going to work on a sauce with you and what we also call hoe cake, which is cornbread. I like to differentiate cornbread in the sense that we use white cornmeal. We use uh, an egg, we use whole fat buttermilk. There is no sugar in our cornbread. Those are what we call corn cakes. A lot of the rest of the country associates cornbread with being sweet and uh, it is not in the South, it is, it is savory. So it is dropped just like you would a pancake and uh, that was uh, a quick way to cook it. A lot of the old poor farmers, sharecroppers, etc., would take their hoe when they were in the field and when they broke for lunch, they would make what we refer to as hot water cornbread when they didn't have any buttermilk out there because it'd spoil in the heat. They'd make hot water cornbread on the face of a hoe that was sitting in the coals and just drop them that and maybe some dried beef and whichever was, was their lunch. So that's why we call them hoe cakes. And I think you'll really enjoy them. I enjoy them a lot because they're very savory, but you get that crust all over it. Whereas uh, the way my mom and my grandmothers, everybody else in the South usually cooks cornbread like a uh, baked in an oven, you know, like a traditional cake. And love that too, but I always pine for that crust. I'm always trying to eat the crusty part. So when I got to Nashville, hoe cakes are a big thing in Nashville and Middle Tennessee. I really prefer them a lot more than even the way we ate it growing up because there's more surface ratio on a cast iron, so you get more crust. And uh, I just prefer it that way. So I hope you'll enjoy it too. All right, so let's get off into it, and here we go. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do on these hoe cakes is we're going to get our mise en place. We're going to get everything we need out in front of us measured out in its proper amount so we're not scrambling around the kitchen to go grab this, that, or the other. Uh, so let me just walk through real quick what that mise en place consists of. Is we're going to do two and a half cups of ground white cornmeal. I would look for like Martha White or White Lily or King Arthur. If you've got anywhere in your area that has stone, a stone ground mill where folks take their corn and get it ground up, I would always prefer you to do that. Next, we're going to do a quarter teaspoon of, of ground black pepper, fresh prefer, half teaspoon of uh, kosher salt. I'd rather you not use Morton's here because it's more granular. I'd like you to use uh, diamond crystal. It is uh, flakier, so it marries in better with the mixture once you add it in. We're gonna use one egg beaten, three cups of whole fat buttermilk. Now, this is something you gotta to listen to me on. When you go to the grocery store, most grocery stores sell only non-fat buttermilk. You do not want that. This dish will not be the same. So you gotta to go to somewhere where a dairy in your area or somewhere, ask or ask your grocery store manager to order it, but make sure you get whole fat buttermilk. Then we're gonna use a quarter cup of lard or bacon grease, or if you happen to have some left over, if you can catch some drippings if you are, out cooking and, and have cooked some barbecue recently, then uh, some of the rendered fat from pork is actually preferred because it's got a little bit of smoky hue to it. And then four tablespoons of butter melted just for brushing when it's finished. So we're gonna get all that measured out. First thing we're gonna do here is get our white cornmeal torn open. And we're gonna pour this in the bowl here. Again, it's two and a half cups. Now we're gonna get our fresh ground black pepper, pour it in, diamond crystal. 
just a half teaspoon. And one egg beaten, just crack the egg, put it in here. Now our three cups of whole buttermilk, pour that in. Now just with a butter knife or the back of a spoon, try to get your lard. Use a quarter cup, but you're gonna to need to use your finger to kind of dig it out around the edges down in there. So we'll get that in. All right, now we're ready to go. That lard, by the way, needs to be very soft or preferably even melted. So if you've kept it out at room temperature, it should be soft enough to whisk in properly. If you have any concerns whatsoever, set it in a microwave for 10 seconds, 15 seconds to soften it, or uh, just set it on a skillet and uh, let it melt out and then pour it back in here in the mixture. Okay. Now we're gonna just get this here. We're gonna get a fine whisk. I like using a fine whisk. Stainless steel mixing bowl or any bowl you have, but make sure it's big enough because you're gonna whisk this pretty hard. And the bigger it is, the less of a mess it's gonna make on your countertop. So we're gonna mix this up. And you're gonna do this for probably a good solid 20, 30 seconds until it's not lumpy. Flip it around. If you see any lumps of the cornmeal in there, take a fork and mash it up against the side so it'll break up and then whisk it back in. All right, so you're looking for, um, you know, again, I use the pancake analogy as a reference. You're going to use that kind of visual. It needs to be soupy, but it doesn't need to be too runny. It's okay to add another pinch or so of cornmeal in there just to thicken it up to your preference, but just be careful not to put too much in there. Okay, now we're going to take a third of a cup, and that is the size that we're going to use. You're going to get that up. It can be a little heaping if it wants to, but just make sure you at least get it up to the rim. On a, preferably a cast iron, it's nice and oiled, about 400, 425 degrees. We're gonna drop this batter right on there. And once it's on there, don't touch it. Don't try to pat it out. Don't try to let it even out. Just let it do its thing. And you're gonna sit there and you're gonna wait until you start to see the very edges of the hoe cake start to lift itself off of what I call the flat, but off of the cast iron or whatever you use. And I say flat because we use a flat top uh, here in the kitchen at, at Martin's. That's gonna take probably about a minute to a minute and a half, okay? But you, you will notice it as it starts to lift up. And I mean like almost kind of microscopically, but you can see it. Once that starts to happen, start taking your spatula, a metal spatula, and just start trying to work yourself around 360 degrees with the spatula. You don't want to flip this while it's sticking. So you're gonna wait for this guy. Once it gets cooked enough, it's going to it's gonna release itself from whether it's a flat or whether it's cast iron from the metal. Sometimes though, I will say on the first one or two that you cook, you do have to help that process along until you kind of, I would say for lack of a better word, quote unquote, season the pan. After the first one or two though, you won't have to do that. It'll lift up nice and easy. And once your spatula goes up under there, nice, you know, very easy, flip it. Don't get nervous about it. I mean, once you commit, you, you're committed, go in there and just flip it right over. Once you flip it, now you're gonna take your melted butter with a brush and you're gonna brush the top side of it that's been cooked. And that butter is gonna soak in there a little bit bake on there, so to speak. And the back side of this is gonna take about 45 seconds. It will take not quite as long as the front side did. And once you get done doing that and you take it off, you can let it rest for just a minute. And then you're either gonna serve it by itself, just on, the, on a plate, or what is very traditional to Middle Tennessee and Nashville is to put pulled pork on top of the cornbread and then slaw on top of that and then some sauce. I would really encourage you to use the slaw, even though if you don't like slaw, 
slaw on pork with cornbread is a magical thing. If you do do it that way, make sure that when you go in with your fork that you get all those components. Don't eat the pork and the slaw off the cornbread. Go in there and make sure you get a, a bite of cornbread with it. So that's what we have on cornbread. Now we're gonna move over to a sauce, my Jack's Creek sauce. Okay, I call it a Jack's Creek sauce because in West Tennessee, what is widely regarded as kind of the epicenter of West Tennessee whole hog barbecue is an intersection of Highway 100 and uh, Highway 22A. And that little community right there is literally just kind of a four-way stop. It is called Jack's Creek, Tennessee. And uh, it's a vinegar-based sauce. It's got cider vinegar, white vinegar. It's got some of my rub in it, which I just put in because I came up with that in college, and then some red pepper flakes and some sugar. Uh, you don't have to put a rub in yours. I like the rub in mine because it helps color it, makes it a little nice rosy red, but you don't have to use a, a rub if you don't want. If you want that rosy red without putting a, a rub in it, I would just add a little bit of smoked paprika in there and you should get the same result. So again, our mise en place, we're gonna get everything laid out. First thing I want you to do is get a, a one and three quarter cups of apple cider vinegar. I would like for you to not use real apple cider vinegar. The, the flavor of it is too pungent and too strong. You're looking for the watered down version, the cheap version. Heinz has a great apple cider vinegar that is watered down and it's uh, it's a lot more pleasant. So I'd prefer you to use that. Then you're gonna get a same amount, one and three quarter cups of distilled white vinegar, then a cup and a quarter of granulated sugar, just old white table sugar, a half a cup of rub, in my case, my big hoss rub that we sell at Martin's Barbecue, you can get it online uh, at martinsbarbecuejoint.com. And then three tablespoons of red pepper, uh, some chili flakes. So we've got all that, getting that laid out right here. And then literally it is a dump and mix. This is not a cook recipe. I would prefer you to try to make this recipe though a solid day in advance so these flavors have time to sit and marry in together. You can make it right before you use it, but it is much better if you make it a day or so ahead. And in this case, because the pH is so high, because it's all vinegar, you could literally make this three months ahead if you wanted to and uh, just, just set it aside. All right, so we're gonna pour all this in here. Mix it up. Pretty quick mix. This is a really good sauce. I mean, it's a, anything that you're gonna eat that's fatty, even if you're not cooking barbecue. I mean, if you did a pot roast in a crock pot or anything like that, a vinegar sauce like this is incredible. It really complements it well. It balances out the fat on your palate. So whatever you choose to do at home, if you end up doing some ribs in an oven, or if you do a pork butt in a crock pot, or if you actually have the space in the area to go outside and cook on a Weber grill or a big green egg, or Obviously, I'd love for you to have a space to find a spot where you could get out and really do the real thing outside and uh, get your buddies together and, and spend a night cooking a whole hog. This sauce is incredible with it. I really hope you all enjoy it. I'm very honored to be here on Food 52 and to offer a couple of my recipes. And I hope you'll go to any of the online retailers or your local bookstore and buy my book, Life of Fire, uh, by Pat Martin and Nick Fischald. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Thank you very much.